right now on the Ringer Gambling Feed and all throughout the entire month of August, the East Coast Bias Boys are getting you ready to bet the NFL this season. We're going through each and every single division and revealing our favorite futures, predicting division winners, and even giving you some award winners. Do we think the Kansas City Chiefs will repeat or will they be dethroned? Tune in now to find out on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. baby welcome in yet another edition a monday edition of new york new york with yours truly jj johnson stremsky right here rocking and rolling on the ringer podcast network and i know that i told all of you i'm out i'm done i'm finished with the new york yankees in 2023 and there's no way in the world they can inflict and they can cause more anguish and more frustration and more remotes being broken uh, uh, across the tri-state area. That's what I thought before Sunday's game against the Miami Marlins. And let me make abundantly clear to anybody who's out there listening. I was as out on the Yankees for the last few weeks as anybody. I've had people needle at me. JJ, they're going to get back in this thing. JJ, look at the wild card race. I know Ricotta has been trying to do it to get under my skin a little bit. They're dead. But Sunday, in case there was any hesitation for where you should stand on the state of affairs with the 2023 New York Yankees, I present to you the game we witnessed on Sunday against the Miami Marlins. A game that, let's be honest, for eight innings was a Sunday snoozer. Garrett Cole didn't have his best stuff. Garrett Cole's still a beast. Gives you six innings of two-run baseball. The Yankees actually go and score a bunch of runs, whether it's Volpe with a home run, Rutvet with a home run, and you're like, okay, the Yankees are going to get out of Miami and do something they haven't done a whole lot of over the last two months. 
They're going to go win a series. You're Hooray. Yippee. You know, like, whatever. Then you watch the bottom of the ninth unfold. And you see Clay Holmes come in. Who, listen, has not been one of the Yankees' culprits this year. Clay Holmes has been A-OK. In fact, he's been pretty darn good. But he comes in, didn't have a whole lot of work over these last couple of weeks because there haven't been a whole lot of safe situations for the Yankees. He comes into a 7-3 game, and it's one of those games you can tell pretty early on he don't have it. He clearly does not have it. The minute you knew as a Yankee fan that this game was going right down the toilet was the botched double play and not getting a single dude out on the bell play, knowing that Luis Arise is coming up. And you could have made the argument right then and there, all right, maybe make a pitching change. Maybe, all right, Clay Holmes is unsettled. But don't make this about Aaron Boone. Listen, I kill the Yankee manager. He should go. The whole organization, front office, scouting, analytics, they all should go. But Sunday's not about Aaron Boone. Sunday is about, simply put, bad teams finding new ways to lose. That, to me, is what Sunday is all about. Where if it's not the lineup, it's the starting rotation. Or if it's not the starting rotation, in Sunday's case, it's the overrated, overhyped Yankee bullpen. Where a rise, and this is, if anything, your biggest critique on Boone and the Yankee metrics. How did they not have the lines guarded in that situation with the bases loaded? I mean, that to me was bizarre. I mean, maybe guard the line in that situation. Don't get beat by a double. By a guy who's basically a hit machine, he probably would have sprayed somewhere else anywhere to begin with. But bad teams lose games like that on a consistent basis. That's the Yankees in 2023. They're like one, seven, and three in their last 10 series. Just think about that for a minute. The mighty New York Yankees. For any of you knuckleheads out there, and again, don't sit there and lecture me on the weakness of the American League wildcard. The Yankees are terrible. They're not a good team. They lose starting pitchers left and right. Now they finally hit a little bit, even though there's so much dead weight in the lineup, and the bullpen can't get anybody out. And they're rolling out the likes of Severino, Brito, and Vasquez in the Yankee rotation. And you're going to sit there and tell me that the Yankees are going to get back in and win the, the wild card? I would want that. See, that's the thing. That's the silver lining that many of you should be taking away from this particular game. And the silver lining that many of you out there should be taking away from this particular season. It is a dumpster fire to the point where, and I saw this the other day, in uh, my buddy Andy Martino's column, who clearly has a very good relationship with Brian Cashman, and that's fine. Andy's doing his job. Andy's trying to get scoops. That's a very important thing for him. But where I have a problem is when I am lectured to someone who's a member of the media who's lecturing Yankee fans about, oh, anyone who would question the job security of Brian Cashman with the Yankees winning season streak. 
excuse me? Who cares? I- I'm at the point now because I'm rooting for wholesale change, as you know, across the organization. I want this whole operation to blow up this year. Shut Judge down. Don't play him the remainder of the year. I don't need to see Aaron Judge anymore. The Yankees are cooked. The Yankees are not winning a damn thing in 2023. I don't need Aaron Judge hobbling around at 60 or 70% when it might compromise the 2024 season. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done with seeing Aaron Judge this year. If I were the Yankees, he'd be shutting it down. They're not going to do that because their asses maybe are on the line, whether it's Aaron Boone, maybe it's Cashman feeling some heat from Hal Steinbrenner. Remember, Cashman wanted to sell. Hal Steinbrenner did not want to sell. So maybe there's something going on there. I don't know, but be real with the situation. They're not real with the situation. So there's that. How can anybody envision this team making a run? I mean, you'd be an idiot to do so. When you're 1-7-3 and three in your last 10 series and you think about the amount of games that they have flushed away with Garrett Cole. Games where Garrett Cole's given up two runs or less and don't even look at the start the other day against the White Sox where he ends up giving up four runs because the bullpen came in, still pitching in the eighth inning. You can't win those games with your ace on the mound. Then how in the world are you going to go and beat the Braves and beat the Red Sox and beat the Rays and beat the Astros and beat the teams that you have to beat to get to where you want to go? The answer is you're not. So why do I bring up that Martino article? I am actually at a point can't believe I'm saying this, where a lot of what's inside of me is rooting for them to just bottom out and not have a winning record. Because I think that's something that's like so prideful to the Yankee organization. I couldn't care less about it. Like, who would you rather be over the last 10 years? Would you rather be the Yankees with all the winning seasons and no World Series appearances and no World Series championships or the Red Sox? Where you throw in those Dud years, but guess what? You got a couple of World Series championships in your trophy case. I'd rather that. That's just me. I'd rather that. So maybe the Yankees should get off their high horse about the stupid winning season streak over 20-something years. Great. They've had a losing year since 1992. They're not doing anything. They need wholesale change. If a losing season is going to bring that on, bring it on. That's the way I feel. And I know all the reports out there at the moment basically tell you that Brian Cashman's not going anywhere. And I'm sure these are accurate reports. These guys are well-connected, whether it's Clappish, Andy Martino. You give me the guy. They know what's going on. They hear things. They're talking to people and whatnot. Here's what I'm rooting for. You want to know what I'm rooting for? I want the Yankees to finish in last place. I want the Yankees to get embarrassed. I want a new manager. I want a new scouting department. I want a new analytics department. And if they're not going to dismiss Brian Cashman, fine. Give him some baseball ops title. Give me a GM from outside the organization and let's go. That's what I want. I know some of you are going to say, JJ, you're, how dare you? You're a hater. How could you do that to this team? This team stinks. They won seven and three in their last 10 series. Like, uh, I'm, I'm not an idiot. I'm not going to be delusional into what I'm seeing. It's a bad product. 
And it's a product that just lost Nesta Cortez for some time. He's not coming back. Another wonderful job by the Yankees telling you, oh, he's only going to miss a day. And then he finds himself on the IL with the exact same injury, and he's basically cooked for 2023. So no starting pitching, an overrated bullpen, and a lineup that can't score. Yeah, that, that sounds like a playoff team. So you want to add another notch to worst loss of the 2023 season? This one against the Marlins might take the cake. Might take the cake. But bigger picture, and I'm going to be saying this a lot over the next seven weeks, and it probably won't come to fruition because nothing I want to see usually ends up coming to fruition. Seeing this thing get even worse between now and the end of the year may be bad in the short term, but for a Yankee fan down the road, may be a blessing. Remember I said, I want to get to this too. So I saw a lot of this over the weekend. You know, I'm away this weekend. I'm obviously dialed in. I'm always dialed in. You know, this is what people understand about me when I'm away. I'm not one of these people that goes away and doesn't check his phone and doesn't monitor what's going on. No, I'm, I'm into it. I watched all the Yankee games this weekend because I'm a psychopath. I even watched the second game in a Met doubleheader. I did not watch the first game. Went to the beach. Uh, but I see on my phone as I'm getting off the beach the final score of game one of the Met doubleheader. And it's 21 to 3. And I, I get if you're at the stadium, it's embarrassing. It's humiliating. The idea of what we thought Mets Braves was going to be and what it turned out to be. Like, beginning of the year, you would have looked at this weekend in August. You would have said, wow, this is, this is everything for the Mets. This is everything for the Mets and the Braves. And the series could not be more relevant and it could not be more eye-opening to what these two teams are at this particular point in time. But anybody getting emotionally invested in these Met games, I'm sorry, you're just making a big mistake. The season is over. The Mets told you all you needed to know about how they felt about the 2023 team when they traded away everybody. Verlander, Scherzer, Canna, Robertson, fam, on and on we go. They traded away everybody. So for the veterans on that team, yeah, well, what, what did you think they were going to do? Win? What do you think? They're going to pull a major league? Say, screw you guys. You're going to make a run at the playoffs? Come on now. And I'm not saying it's got to be 21 to 3 bad. I get that. It's a lopsided, humiliating loss. But there's a time to be emotionally invested in your team losing games, and there's a time not to be. You're a Mets fan. I, I know I'm going to sound condescending, but I don't care. Get over it. Get ready for the offseason. 2023, there should not be one single game of outcome that makes you lose sleep. Sorry. The season was embarrassing when they played the Braves at Truist Park, and they lost all those games when they had three-run leads. That is where you should lose sleep. This series? The Braves are really good. Newsflash. The Mets at this point in time, they're not. They're not. So, you want to tell me you're dejected? You want to tell me you're sad and a little bit depressed thinking about what you thought this season would be and what it turned out to be? That's fair and reasonable. But, like, the overall nature of losing games to the Braves. Yeah, the Braves, they own you when you're good. Well, what do you think they're going to do when you take your, your entire starting rotation outside of Sanger, who, by the way, has balls 
and has Moxley to pitch for my team any day of the week? What did you think was going to happen? I mean, seriously. Seriously. Um, one note on the preseason football. Be careful what you see. Be careful what you hear. Be careful what you read. Like, this is the time where certain players become darlings. And I'll admit, watching the Jets yesterday, seeing their cavalcated defensive lineman, impressive. Seeing the Pitt-Izzy kid run around a little bit, make some things happen, looks like a player. Would I let that get in the way of me getting down the cook? No, not particularly. I'm not letting preseason football determine my plan of action and my course of action for what I'm going to see once September the 10th and September the 11th roll uh, roll out and whatnot. But I'm sure we're going to hear a lot about this maturation process of Zach Wilson, who, listen, has been okay in these preseason games. But like I'm even seeing it on Twitter. Oh, oh, Aaron Rodgers is going to save Zach Wilson's career. Oh, he looks so much better. Oh, oh, oh. It's preseason football, folks. Come on. I mean, if that's going to be your grand conclusion that Zach Wilson is going to be saved because of Aaron Rodgers showing him, all right, this how to look off a defender, this how to get rid of football, yeah, that's great. You do it in practice, great. You do it in preseason games, great. Real news. Real news. That is when I'm going to get excited. Unfortunately, we got to get through these next couple of weeks. Next slate of preseason games, you'll probably see a couple of guys as far as starters are concerned. It's now to the point around the league where in the first preseason game, you just don't see anybody. The Jets, I know, are in preseason game two, so it's a little bit different. But, like, these teams don't want to play anybody. And can you blame them? They're simulating game action in practice. They're simulating game action in these joint practices. So if you were a coach, what would you do? I know what I would do. I would have the Sean McVay approach. I'm not playing anybody that is worth the damn in preseason. I'm just not. Because they're going to get their work in. They're going to be ready to go. And I know that's a new age way of looking at things, but that's the reality of the NFL in 2023. So that's something you got to keep your eyes open about. You know, you see guys playing for a long time in preseason. Like, it, 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 it's cringeworthy. Like certain guys, I'm like, get them, get them the hell out of the game, please. And I know it's football, and I know injuries can happen and shit can happen. That's all true. But if you can avoid the risk in these games that count for nothing, avoid the risk, especially in a sport like football. All right, we'll come back. We'll get some reaction from you. Uh, Will Parkinson, who I like a lot, Jet Guide, has the uh, turn on the Jet Pod. I've been on it a bunch. I thought it would be a good time to have Will on. We'll have a little fun going through the Jet roster with him. But uh, we'll do some voicemails and uh, more rock bottom for the Yankees. What else is new? More rock bottom. Just. Let it burn, baby. Burn, baby, burn. I used to chant that in the Bronx. I used to chant that in a happy way in the Bronx. Now it's kind of a decrepit, depressing, sad way to look at the state of affairs. You know, when I'm playing burn, baby, burn. Mm -mm, mm -mm. I used to be the Bernie theme song in a big spot. Now it's kind of my feeling for blowing up the Yankee operation here in 2023, at least in the offseason. All right, voicemails are up next. Football season is about to kick off and FanDuel is giving you your chance to win all season long because right now when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in a regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl 
and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. So the key with this, folks, if you want to capitalize, go find a team with good Super Bowl odds that at the very least is going to go and win you 10, 11 games. That's the way to do it. That's the proper way to handicap this. Kansas City is probably the obvious and the safe choice. I'd be careful with those AFC East teams because of the parity within the division. You're looking for a team that I think is smart to use this on. San Francisco 49ers. Weak division, pedigree, could fatten up that wind tunnel a little bit. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash NYNY and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash NYNY. Must be 21 plus in present select states. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit TheRinger.com slash ORG. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max bonus $50 unless specified. Otherwise, restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. All right, voicemail time. 917-382-1151. Uh, we'll have a pod on Thursday. We'll be ready for that. The following week, we're going to make some schedule tweaks because of the big JJ wedding. So we'll be going on Wednesday night as opposed to Thursday night. So you want to set your calendar for that. Um, we'll also be unveiling a very different looking New York top 15 list. Uh, I will go through this. When we do the podcast on Thursday, the names that were on the New York top 15 from a year ago, I think you could argue at least three or four of those names will be gone. Just guessing off the top of my head. And it's going to be a nice variety. We didn't have any football players. If you remember on last year's list, that will absolutely change after the years the Jets and the Giants had respectively. So going to make my life, I think, a little bit more challenging. And that means I'm probably going to piss some fan bases off. But, hey, that's the way the cookie crumbles. All right, voicemail time. Steph, let's go. JJ, Justin in Miami. I got to be honest, I, I didn't even realize the Yankees lost today. I, I assume they had won, and I was planning on calling anyway. Look, you know, to me, the biggest indictment of Cashman isn't even no World Series uh, since 2009. It's that they've, they've won two AL East titles since 2012. And so even if you believe that the playoffs are a crapshoot and it's totally random, which I, I really don't I think that discredits the 96 to 2001 run, what's not a crapshoot is the team you put together to get to October. And, and, and you know what the playoffs was a crapshoot for? Those Yankee teams post-2001, from 2002 to 2011, they actually had the best record in the American League, by my count, six separate times. And they only won one World Series and made two. So if you want them to say it was a crapshoot that that team only won one World Series, I'll buy that because for, for 11 years, they were winning 100 games, dominating the regular season, and they were coming up short in October. But but since 2012, that hasn't been the case. It's not like this team has been a 100-win juggernaut every year that, that comes up short in October. That's the Dodgers, frankly. No, what this team has been has been a team that finishes second, third in the division, and then hasn't gotten lucky in October. So, so yeah, the crapshoot in October could have worked to their benefit if they were overachieving. But the truth is, JJ, they haven't had the best record in the American League since 2012. They've never been, by record, the favorite to get to the World Series. So what's happened to them in October is what should be happening. They're not the best team, and they're not winning. 
So I don't want to hear about it being a crapshoot. It isn't a crapshoot when you're not the best team. When you've won the division twice in 12 years, that tells me you're not putting the best team on the field. You're not the favorite. And so when you don't win it, you really have nothing to complain about. So what the Yankees should be trying to do is do what they did, not from 96 to 2000, but from 22 to 2011. Put together a team that wins 100, 102 games. And then if you come up short, what are you going to do? All right. Talk to you later, buddy. So I think you hit on something that's important. They had teams in the early to mid-2000s that were the premier team in the American League, but something was was off, whether it was not having enough starting pitching in 2004, whether it was the chemistry mix and not having that same type of team that they had in the late 1990s. We went through that when we did the whole Jeter documentary. That's true. I also think you have to acknowledge, though, and I'm glad that you brought this up, the playoffs are not a crapshoot. They're not. Look at the Houston Astros. If you build and wire a team the right way in a certain way, you win. The Astros have been in the ALCS now every single year since 2017. Every year they're there. Is that a crapshoot? I don't think so. They have been in the World Series, what, 17, 19, 21, 22. Four of those six years. And they've won it twice. because. They know how to build a winning, top-notch, exemplary organization. They've put a product on the field they should be very proud of. The problem I have with the Yankees is they're proud of the product they're putting on the field because they would tell you, oh, the last five, six years, we've been a really good team. That's where the bar has been lowered in Yankees' standards. And it's lame and it's unacceptable. That's all there is to it. So that's why this bottoming out needs to happen. And no one is going to sit there and argue that the Yankees over the last 10 years have been as embarrassing as the Giants were with the McAdoo hire, the Shermer hire, the Judge hire, and those awful football teams. That was worse. But we're getting to a point where a reckoning needs to happen from one man, the owner of the team. And I do think if the Yankees were well on their way to missing the postseason, the folks who will be at that stadium in September, they're not going to be the happy-go-lucky, let's-go-Yankees crowd. It's going to be a very, I think, angry crowd. I already saw there, like, organizing. My future brother-in-law sent this to me. Some, like, Brian Cashman fire day uh, on a Friday against the Diamondbacks. You're going to have more of that. Because if you talk to most Yankee fans that know Unless they are delusional and living under a rock, they're not happy, nor should they be. That's what we need more of over the next month. I hate it. It bothers me to no end. I hate that we're at this point, but it's real talk. All right, who's next? Hey, JJ. It's Anthony from Tom's River. I was going to call about a a Giants point, but I guess I'll save it after watching that Yankee debacle on the night. Um, I mean, listen, you kind of said it best. Bad teams find a way to lose these games, and, and they're a bad team. And let's be real. Let's be honest here. They have not been winning series. And even if they did win this game against Miami, are we to believe that they're going to like put on this some sort of like magical run? I mean, they're playing the Atlanta Braves next series. And I'll tell you what they're not going to do. They're not going to win two out of three or, or even sweep the Braves. So they're just going to fall further back. And we all know the end result. And being a Yankee fan, yes, you still try and talk yourself into these wins. But realistically, they are not going to win. Uh, 
this, this upcoming series and they're not going to make a run into the playoffs. And we just have to accept that. And you know, one more funny thing about this game, you know, everyone I see on social media is like, why is Berger batting and not being walked? And then there goes your manager of the year, Aaron Boone, right there with just another brain dead decision. It's, uh, you know, the hits just keep coming with this team and it's just better that the season ends and we can get ready for football season. Take care, JJ. I appreciate that, Anthony. I don't know how many times I got to hear players in the Yankee clubhouse and the managers say, we got to flush it. We got to flush it. We got to flush it. And I'm glad Brendan Cuddy brought this up in his column that came out today. After that Colorado loss, which to me was the worst Yankee loss of the year, that Sunday 8-7 walk-off, Boone had the audacity to tell members in the media it was garbage to question whether if he still believed the Yankees were a championship caliber club. Well, now where we're at, the Yankees have a 6% chance of making the postseason. They're going to be monstrous underdogs when they play the Braves in these next couple of games. And they look like a team that has lost its sea as a franchise. Does anybody think the Yankee organization is moving in the right direction and that they have the right infrastructure in place? Please. Please. It's a total joke. Total joke. And I think, truthfully, I know they get the little break with the Braves playing on Sunday night. Maybe that helps them. Kind of get the feeling this is going to be a woeful week for the Yanks. With the Red Sox, who are playing better ball than the Yankees, and the Braves, this has like a 2-4, and 1-5 and five week written all over it. All right, let's take two more. JJ, what's going on? Brad from New York City. Just finished watching the Yankees blow a four-run lead in the ninth inning to the Marlins. I held out hope a little longer than uh, than most people because I kept checking the standings, and every day it was only four games, four and a half games back from the playoffs. So I thought maybe they could sneak in there and see what happened. Obviously, you know, today was probably the end of that for me. I'm officially, you know, counting down the days till I get to watch number eight for uh, green and white lead us to a Super Bowl. But in the meantime, I was talking to you on Twitter the other day about the OC and how it's my first time watching it and it's climbing into my top five. So I wanted to hear your uh, your top five TV shows of all time. Mine's uh, number one, Entourage, then Sopranos, number three, Suits. Four, I let the OC get in there. I just finished it uh, this past weekend. And five, I'm going to go Friday Night Lights. Can't wait to hear your top five. Love the pod, man. Thanks. Wow, that's a loaded question right there. Um, If we're just doing five generic, I got to mix it up. I got to give you some comedy. I got to give you some serious shows. I got to I, I gotta give you a mixed bag. I have not put any thought into this. So you will literally put me on the spot right now. Sopranos is number one, without question. Without question. I have a soft spot for the OC. So it's probably higher on my rankings than it should be to others. I love Entourage. Phenomenal show. Like, fun show, but it's, you know, not winning any, you know, Emmys or anything along the lines of that. Breaking Bad, another phenomenal show. Like, I, I the five off the top of my head I would give you. Sopranos, OC, Breaking Bad. Entourage. See, this is the problem. Do I put Friday Night Lights there? Do I put The Americans there, which I'm a big fan of? Love The Americans. Fantastic show. 
Do I put Ted Lasso on that list? Which to me has been a really, really fun watch. Like, I want to think about this more. My rough draft, without thinking it through, would be Sopranos, OC, Breaking Bad, Entourage, Friday Night Lights. But I'm going to think that a little bit more in the lab over the next week or so, and I'll have a better answer. Fair enough? Because you really put me on the spot. I'm not going to chicken out, but you really put me on the spot. All right, let's take one more. What's up, John? It's Gabe from Queens. I just finished watching the eighth game. Obviously a ridiculous loss, but this was nothing more than me trying to entertain myself uh, on, on a very, very blistering hot Sunday afternoon in New York because the season really looks like it's over with the rotation in the state that it is. I really have no hope that this team is going to make it anywhere. But at the same time, I mean, ridiculous loss, obviously. They're finding ways to always the hallmark of a terrible, terrible team. But I just wanted to point out, if there's any doubt about the management, specifically from Boone, aside from Cashman, who I think should go also, but if any doubt about Boone's incompetency, it's just when they go to him and say, did you have any, did you have any thought to walk burgers who's been killing us all weekend, he's red hot. And instead of saying, yeah, you know, I thought about it, but I, I feel like I need, I need to come home to get it out. And he's our, he's our guy and I want to give him a shot. Or not home, sorry, uh, Canely. But instead of saying, like, I thought about it, he just goes, no, I had no, no intention. Didn't even think it didn't even cross my mind. There was no doubt that we should pitch them. It just seems like he's being either dishonest or he's just incompetent. I don't know which one it is, but both are terrible. So I, I'm ready to say goodbye to Boone 100%. And, um, obviously we're beating a dead horse at this point, but I just wanted to hear your take on it, on the situation. Bye. Yeah, I get that. Um, I, I think Aaron, even though he has a reputation for being a very nice guy, and I'm going to take people who know him at their word on that. He's very charitable and hospitable. Um, I think he comes across as very phony and very smug in these post-game pressers. I think it's impossible not to see through that. And yeah, the situation of not walking a guy like Berger, who's killed you all series, and it's roping line drives left and right, it's worth questioning. And it's fair to question. And listen, the Yankee 2023 mess, Aaron Boone is not number one on the list for why the Yankees have stunk this year. Let's make that clear. However, he's part of the problem. The way he enables the soft culture within the Yankee clubhouse, he takes a major hit for that. And at the end of this year, you need flesh. I'm sorry. You're going to sit there and run everybody back after... You finish in last place, you might have a losing record. And you're going to say, oh, it was injuries? Bullshit. Somebody needs to go. And listen, I know the Yankees need to win PR battles. I'm praying that Donnie gets the job. And I didn't want any part of Donnie getting the job originally. But he's never going to manage again. It's long overdue. 23 should be wearing Yankee pinstripes. Give him a shot. This is the last shot to be a big league manager. That's my endorsement right now. But the endorsement got to go beyond that because I want to see Cashman. I know he's not getting fired. I want to push into some like czar role. So where somebody outside the organization, dare I say, can actually come in and change some things within the Yankees. Like I'm demanding that if I'm house time runner. I'm like, listen, Cash, I'm paying you. You're going to be there. You're going to have a role. You're going to have a voice. But it's changing. That to me is how we can draw out the best case scenario for the Yankee offseason. Cashman gets some Zorro. Somebody outside the organization comes in. 
and we bring 23 back to where he belongs. At this point, he's never managing again. Give him the job. Let him grow the mustache. Let me see 23 in Yankee. Like, it just, it needs to happen. All right, Will Parkinson does a great job covering the Jets. We'll have some fun with Will. Uh, he's fired up about his Jets, as he should be. Uh, he's coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car, Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. So this guy's been killing it. I've been on his podcast a couple of times. I think he's terrific doing all the Jets stuff. He's got the Turn on the Jets podcast. He's got a little extra glow because he just returned from his honeymoon in Italia. He lives to tell about it, and I'm sure he's super stoked about the 2023 New York Jets. Well, Parkinson, welcome to New York, New York. What's up, amigo? I'm excited. I'm excited to be on. I'm excited to be on. Him. It's uh, it's nice. You've you've crushed it on my pod, so I feel like I got to return the favor now and uh, and bring some heat. Well, I expect nothing less. I expect you to bring it as you always do. Uh, two quick things here before we begin. Number one, the Yankees, because you're a big Yankee <laughs> fan. So I got to get this out of the way now. I have been as out on the Yankees as possible. It's why Sunday is not necessarily going to be a breaking point for me. I'm out on the team. I want them to bottom out. I know they're not any good. But as you watch them blow a four-run lead in the ninth inning, just when you think it can't get any worse, Will, you watch that unfold down in Miami. What a run. Dude, so I don't know how old. You're a little younger than me. It's not close. I've been a fan of the team since 93. It's the worst season of Yankee baseball I've seen in my lifetime, dude. The worst. One thing. It's the worst season I've ever been a part of in terms of like, look, there's been seasons where you look at, you know, maybe the post-2009, you know, 2009 Yankees where like they kind of got old there. There's the Hiroki Kuroda years and you're like, ah, this team's not really like that likable and they're not World Series team, but they're, they're a contender. They'll be a playoff team. This year has been an utter disappointment. It's been a disaster to watch. Every time you're back in on the team, they'll win two in a row. They'll win three out of four. They lose three out of four. They're embarrassing. The White Sox series was awful. They followed up with great win Friday night. You're pumped. You know what? They're back. Volpe hits a bomb. Judge hits a bomb. You feel pretty good. They suck last night. They can't score a run, of course. And then tonight, it's just like, what do you, what do you, you know, what do you want? Cole's on the mound. It's another game of 
they blow a lead. Clay Holmes, who, you know, the steel Frank tanks, you know, he's a little feeble sometimes. He likes to likes to, to blow it up. And, you know, tonight's just an example of this team is honestly, I hope they call up the kids. I'd love them as much as I hate to say this, shut judge down. I just want to no wear and tear on the body. They're not coming to the playoffs, honestly. Just like roll with the kids, see what you got for next year, reload and Hopefully there's a different manager and or GM. Uh, well, forward. I think that's the narrative a lot of people are going to want to see around here in the next couple of weeks. The idea of how bad can it get and can it lead to these sort of infrastructure changes that are desperately needed throughout the organization? You know, I almost feel as if, Will, the Yankees need their giant week 18 moment from a couple of years ago when they're running quarterback draws on their own goal line. And I... I know, listen, the bar was way lower from a Giants standpoint compared to the Yankees making the playoffs for the most part year after year after year. But, hey, it's 13 years without a title. It's one title basically in 23 years, and you're trending in the wrong direction. You're out of touch. You're clueless. The competition's catching up. It's got to burn, bro. Let it burn over the next month. Get as embarrassing as it can possibly get. And let's see what happens. Hopefully the right things happen in the offseason. Yeah, look, it's the funniest part of this whole situation is just the quotes. And, you know, I listen to your show, obviously, you know, daily, weekly, whatever it comes out. And I always laugh at the quotes from Boone. And I know it's not it's not about Aaron Boone. At the end of the day, he, you know, he's, he's a puppet, right? Like, we all know that. It's It comes from the front office. They have the way they do things. But the quotes of, oh, the competition's, you know, everyone's caught up to us and like they got swept in the ALCS. And it's not about George being alive, but they got swept in the ALCS last year by their arch rival, nothing really changed. They went in and they said, you know, we signed Rodon. We're not done yet. They went into the season without left field. They're, the catching situation's a joke. They've got, you know, the Hermans of the world flipping out on, you know, players in the dugout and players in the locker room. They're putting them in a sauna after a perfect game. Can't wait for the 30 for 30 when uh, it comes out. Herman was hammered during his during his perfect game. That'll, that'll, be, a, that'll be one for the ages. But look, I, I just... I'd love for them to, it kind of feels like if they make the playoffs and they don't, you know, they don't make a World Series, but they make the division round, whatever, they beat Twins or something like that. They'll kind of keep status quo. Hey, the is the injuries. They got to overhaul. They got to get younger. They got to get more athletic. They got to just, their mindset has to change. The game of baseball is changing, and I think it's changing for the better, for the viewer, for the fan, right? It's more athletic, stolen bases, being better in the field, contact guys. The Yankees just, outside of a couple guys, are not built to win in 2023. And you kind of just hope that the ownership gets the message. And, you know, look, the stadium's packed every night still. It's still 42, 43, 44,000 people. Which you is know, hard to believe. That, that changes. Uh, I it's, can tell you this, well, It won't be in September. And the no. people who will be there in September are going to be saying a whole lot of nasty things. So that might be the case for now. But September, I think, could get very, very ugly for them. And hopefully... For both of our sakes, it'll be an eye-opening perspective for one house Steinbrenner. But I buried the little bit, bit, little bit here because you're Mr. Jets. And the main reason I wanted to have you on the show, even though you're a big Yankee guy, don't get me wrong, this is like the most highly anticipated Jets season that I can think of probably going back all the way to the last time they were on hard knocks. When you think about Santonio Holmes and Antonio Cromartie and his 10 zillion kids and Revis and Sanchez and Rex, the whole deal. Is that accurate as someone who does a Jet podcast? And this is your baby and your bread and butter and your team. Is this the most highly anticipated Jet season we've seen in a decade? I think so. I think there's real expectations here. I think this is a, this is probably the most unique 
jet season since I've been alive. And, you know, I'm, I'm 29 years old. We're, we're pretty close in age. They've had some success, right? They've won, they've won the division a couple of times. They've made some title games, you know, 98, 2009, 2010. They've never had this level of quarterback. So it just changes the perspective. It changes the mindset from the fan base where it's not selling yourself on a young guy, a Zach Wilson, a Darnold, a Sanchez, this guy that you're hoping takes the next leap to kind of match the roster. You're hoping the roster matches the quarterback, right? You're hoping that this season they go into it and Rodgers looks like, can he look like 75, 80% Aaron Rodgers? Can this defense that was incredible last year, this pass rush looks unbelievable. I, I'm, they don't have the elite Nick Bosa, Michael Parsons edge rusher. They've got like nine to 10 guys that can get, you feel like you could honestly get double digit sacks. I mean, will they get that? I don't know, but you feel really good about this defensive line. You feel good about the secondary. You feel good about CJ Mosley's the first or second team all pro on offense. It's the Garrett Wilson's, the Brees Hall's. Salah is this really likable guy that's kind of done it as a defensive coordinator. They've improved each year. There's so much excitement and hype around the team, but it actually feels warranted. It kind of feels like, look, you're, you know, I know you're a Dolphins guy. And we see it a lot of times with the Jets where it's like, oh, they win the offseason. This doesn't feel like they were trying to win the offseason. It actually feels like they were trying to build a sustainable roster that they've got a Hall of Fame level quarterback who is bought in. I just don't, I think this is a different scenario than anything we've ever seen with the Jets where it's, the quarterback's legit and the roster's legit. It's not kind of selling yourself on one or two having to kind of make up for the other one. I'm going to get to the quarterback. I want to get to this pass rush, though. And I'm one of these guys, Will, I don't put any stock in what I see in these preseason games. I don't care. They mean nothing to me. Wake me up when they're playing in September and it counts for real. And then I'll get excited one way or another. Like, I've seen way too many darlings of the preseason flame out for every Victor Cruz. I'll go and find you and other guys that have monster preseasons and enough said. But I do think the point you made on the Jet D line is warranted excitement for what you saw in a preseason game because of the amount of just quantity that they have of guys being able to get after the quarterback. I know Sauce Gardner's got a chance to be the best cornerback in the league. He's going to be in that top five. DJ Reed is a really good player. Yeah, the Jets, you could argue, are a little thin at linebacker, but so are most teams. You don't have a whole lot of great linebackers now with the way the league is set up. To me, for this defense to go and be the sort of top five, top seven defense in the league, they need that defensive line and all of the dudes on the defensive line to go and ball out because I know they have the personnel. I know last year they were compromised, right? Because, well, they played with an inept quarterback, an inept offense, and they were put in a lot of bad situations. Now, that said, at the end of the year, Seattle game, they didn't play well. Detroit came down the stretch. They could have got a big stop. They didn't go and get a big stop. That defensive line closing games to me, we could, we're going to spend a lot of time about the quarterback. Yes, the offense has to be better. Is that the unit on the defense, in your opinion, that is the biggest key? Because for me, it is for how good and how elite this defense can be. Yeah, look, you, you look at the way this, Robert Salas talked about this whole offseason. You asked him at the combine, you asked him at the senior bowl, all these different things. It was, if we get at the quarterback and we can take leads early in games, we can go into the fourth quarter. You even look at the Jets last year, the games, the Buffalo game, for example, Jets had a lead going into the fourth quarter. They had that big drive. That was Zach Wilson. Like we kind of thought he was going to, it was going to click for him. The Jets pass rush, Bryce Hoff, you know, Carl Lawson, Quinn Williams, all these guys can get after the quarterback. They're legitimately nine or 10 deep of NFL level starters. I tweeted it before. 
I genuinely think the Jets' second unit is probably starting on at least half the rosters in the NFL. The way they have, you know, Quinn and Jefferson, the Jermaine Johnson's first-round pick, Will McDonald first-round pick, Bryce Huff, best get-off in football, the best pressure rate according to every advanced analytic you look at last year. You know, Bryce Huff's, I think his get-off was 0. .70, .0, or .70 seconds, last, you know, the other day. They're, they're destroying the Panthers' starting offensive line. The Panthers, you know, were so shook up about this game yesterday. They had an internal meeting on how to revamp their offensive line with first-round picks, big money invested there. That was the, none of the Jets' starters even played yesterday. So you look at that, you know, you protect your secondary. You can protect linebackers, right? And this system that Robert Sala runs, safety and linebacker, while it's important, is not the key to it. Can you get really elite-level defensive line play, get after the quarterback, and can the corners keep everything in front of them? The Jets have probably the best cornerback room, if not one of the top two or three cornerback rooms in the league, matched with a top five at worst defensive line. You balance that out with an attack on offense. It's looking to run the football, protect the ball. The one thing last year, I think you would you'd look at the Jets defense and say they didn't do a great job of. They didn't take the football away a lot. No, that got to change that. Excellent yeah. point, Will. Excellent, excellent point. They did early in the year, it felt like. The Miami yeah. game, they forced they're five turnovers. They were 5-2, 6-3. and three, They were forcing the turnovers. It fell off a cliff. They didn't start to force a turnover for like five or six weeks. And with the way their team was set up last year, if they didn't win turnover battles, they were going to have a hard time, especially with the quarterback play, to go and win games. But I do think that's something. Constant pressure and the idea of forcing more turnovers, that's how you go and take this defense from being a good defense. That's what it was last year. I would say the Jets were a good defense. That's how you take it up a notch into a great defense. Um... Is there any concern? Last year, they feasted off a lot of backup quarterbacks. Now, they're talented. Don't get me wrong. The Buffalo game was Josh Allen. They embarrassed Josh Allen. But you go through that schedule. They put Denver's backup quarterback. They had Skylar Thompson mixed in. Uh, Justin Fields didn't play the game. They played against the Chicago Bears. Is that any level of concern for you now knowing what the Jet defense is going to be seeing immediately right out of the game? Yeah, so it's something I think you've mentioned on your podcast before. Is like there's this concept where the Giants might be a better team but a worse record. It almost feels like the Jets' defense can take a step back. I think they were third overall last year. They might take a step back to like six or seven, but can they be a more efficient defense? Can they take the football away? Can they get be better on third down? Can they advance that sack rate? Things like that. Like they might give up more points and yards just because you know they might be ahead in games more. So team they might have to give up those cheap yards and things of that nature. I think the defense is – I'm not worried about the defense at all. I'm, I'm worried about the depth at linebacker. You mentioned it. When C.J. Mo, you know, you hope C.J. Mosley plays all 17. When he's not in there, this team's been different no matter what. You know, Quincy Williams is a nice backer. He's got a, he's a big-time, you know, boomer bust player. There's games where, you know, the Tennessee game two years ago, he's the AFC Defensive Player of the Week. There's other games where you go, who the hell is playing linebacker for that? I mean, this guy's lost. So – and then you look at safety. Look, Tony Adams is a guy. You talk to people in the building. Coaches have been talking. I've talked to coaches for two years now about they love Tony Adams, right? This undrafted guy. They keep him around. They cut Jason Pinnock, who's going to start for the Giants. Can Tony Adams fulfill that potential that they saw a little bit at the end of last year? He's a guy who's been a darling of camp. And then Jordan Whitehead's a guy they brought up from Tampa Bay. He won a Super Bowl, right? But he was, he was opposite Antoine Winfield. Was it Antoine Winfield was awesome and that pass rush was good? It was Jordan Whitehead, actually a good player. You kind of feel like those are the two spots where can the safety play and linebacker play be league average? That's all they really need, league average, and then you get elite cornerback and elite defensive line play. Uh, they should be good. So, yeah, no, I'm not worried about the backup quarterback thing just because, as you mentioned, 
they did show it against Rodgers. They showed it against Josh Allen multiple times. The, the Patriots games, they looked really good. Um, I, I'm just a little bit worried about the depth perspective. They stayed really healthy on defense last year. The offense got banged up with injuries. We know that. The Brees Halls of the world quarterback was a disaster. Offensive line was a turnstile. Defensively, you know, they got 17 out of Carl Lawson last year. Quinton Williams played 14, 15 games. That's the one spot I'm concerned is can they stay at least healthy enough at linebacker, safety, and cornerback? Defensive line, an injury or two is not going to kill them. I just think if they can stay healthy on defense, that's the key right there for them outside of offense. That that health on defense is more important than anything. Um, you know, for them, they just they stayed healthy last year. Can they do it again? Want to get to running back? There was a lot of chatter about Dalvin Cook as of a week, week and a half ago. That has really silenced. We know Brees Hall's amazing, but he's coming off an ACL. You don't know is he ready right out of the gate? Does it take him half the year? Saquon Barkley took him a full year to come all the way back from that injury. They have Carter. This Izzy kid, you get into preseason games, he's opened my eyes at least. Well, like those are my two big takeaways from watching the Jets in preseason. I like the Izzy kid, and I like their sort of rotation across the board on the defensive line. Is his emergence a, a thing? Like, is that something that we can be looking at as a factor for the Jets in that running back room? Or do you still look at the room and say, hey, you have an opportunity to get Dalvin Cook? Go get Dalvin Cook. I go back and forth with this. I, I've been an advocate of, I think you go get Dalvin Cook because it gives you an opportunity to give Aaron Rodgers a veteran next to him, a proven commodity to kind of ease Brees Hall into it. If the Jets could have the luxury to not play Brees Hall until, I'm not saying they're going to do this, but if they could not play Brees Hall till the bye, that'd be great for them or ease him back in five carry. Maybe, you know, opening night, I'm sure he'll be active. If he's not active, you know, it happens, but you know, does he play, does he get five, six, seven touches just to ease him back in? You don't want to have what happened. Adrian Peterson's a freak, right? We, we always use that example of uh, the 2000 yard season after the ACL. That's not the norm. There's a reason we keep talking about the one guy that did it. It look, is he a band of Kanda, rookie out of pit? He'll be the youngest player to ever address for the Jets in an NFL game. He's 20 years old. He won't be 21 years old, um, I believe, in, until middle of the season. You know, literally born in 2002. You know, the Yankees have been to you know two World Series since he was born, right? That's, that's you know relating back to the Yankees, obviously. But look, he's an explosive home run hitter, four two speed, fantastic at pen, you know, fantastic at pit. Michael Carter looked more like the player we saw as a rookie. Bam Knight had flashes, but I just. Again, that's all nice. It's it's still the preseason. I don't want to overreact too much. I think, you know, Izzy is a guy they'll they'll kind of let ease into the lineup. He's a rookie, pass protection, you know, things of that nature might not be, you know, be trusted right away. But he's an explosive player. Again, Bam Knight, hard runner, but looked decent for two or three games and then kind of looked like a UDFA for two or three games last year. And then Michael Carter, a guy that you know, he's been on your show. I liked him as a rookie a lot, liked him out of the draft, thought it was a nice pickup, and then Last year was a disaster. I mean, he Didn't play well. No, one, no one one of the worst back- as good as he looked yeah. as a rookie, that's how lousy he looked last year. Totally fair. Yeah, and then I just I look at a Dalvin Cook, and you just think to yourself, like, this, if Dalvin Cook's starting week one, and the Jets' tandem is Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook, like, is there a better tandem in the league? I'm not really sure there is. And not to mention, if you're the Jets, again, don't go overpay him, but you keep him away from Miami, you keep him away from a Buffalo and New England, where I just feel like, what's the downside? Right, like Dalvin Cook's made the Pro Bowl four straight years. He's he's he was hurt last year and still had twelve hundred yards and eight touchdowns. Right, like he's a guy that behind a spotty offensive line as a, as a number two option was awesome. 
you talk to people in Minnesota, I've asked a bunch of people around them, just, you know, hey, like, what, what would you expect from Dalvin Cook going forward? They said, you give him 100 to 150 carries. He's a fantastic back. He's not the workhorse, the 350 carry back he might have been two or three years ago. I just think if you're the Jets, you know, you don't overpay him, obviously, but it might be a guy that you can Aaron Rodgers trust. You trust right away to go a big game against Buffalo. Opening, you know, week two at Dallas, you know, New England at home, Kansas City, Philly. They've got a lot of big games early on in the year. It's nice to know you got that Pro Bowl level back, kind of sparing your future Pro Bowl level back as well. And this, it's not going to be a deal that's a three, four-year deal. It's going to be a one, maybe a two-year deal at most. And most of that money is going to be, you know, kind of guaranteed in year one. So if I'm the Jets, again, I'm not saying that you'll overpay them, but you can keep them away from your arch rival, you know, Dolphins, who are kind of competing with you if the, as that team that might overtake Buffalo. I, I think it's worth it. And, you know, as much as I've liked what I've seen from an Izzy, Carter, Bam Knight early on in camp, and you see him in practice in the games, Dalvin Cook's a four-time Pro Bowl back who's still, you know, 28 years old, coming off. Now he's got a fresh shoulder. You know, does he look better than he did even a year ago? Yeah, I'd be in. Uh, and you hit on it. If he doesn't end up with the Jets, he's probably, probably ending, up in, ending up in South Florida. Or if he doesn't end up in South Florida, maybe he ends up with his buddy and his, his brother in Buffalo, you know? So, like, there are a lot of... AFC's correlations that I would not want involved with a player of his talent, especially knowing the Jets can go and put it together. All right. I think the elephant in the room is the obvious. The biggest concern with this team is the offensive line, right? It's got to be. Yeah, it has to be. Look, the offensive line's weird, though. It's like, on paper, last year, the most expensive unit in football in terms of offensive line, which is crazy. They were obviously atrocious in terms of injuries, things like that. Town-wise, are they a bad room? No. I think the Jets need them to be a league average room. I think the biggest thing with the Jets is like their whole offensive line is so dependent on injuries. It's a and it's a high end, you know, high level guys at Titman or Becton that are young or have been injured. Barrett Tucker's coming off a major injury. Dwayne Brown's former all pro, looked good early on in the year, had the torn rotator cuff. What are we getting from him? Lincoln Tomlinson, future former Pro Bowler, first round pick, looked bad last year. Like there's just so much of their offensive line room that if you want to be an optimistic Jets fan, you go, hey, man, we've got four of these five guys are former pro bowlers, first round picks. They're high paid guys like they should be good. Figure it out. If you want to be a pessimist. It's like Mekhi Becton has never played a Mekhi Becton has literally never played a game in front of fans in his entire like Jets fans entire his entire career. It's insane. Right. You look at Elijah Vera Tucker hasn't played since week seven last year. He's played so many different spots. You just want to solidify him somewhere. Joe Titman has looked good in both preseason games. Connor McGovern's fine, whatever. Lincoln Tomlinson, he was playing next to Trent Williams. Is that why he looked good, right? Like you kind of go in the in this this circle with these guys. So Aaron Rodgers last year, when he was protected, he was one of the three or four best quarterbacks in the league. The Packers' offensive line wasn't its normal self. Teams blitzed them a ton, and he didn't look as great. So keep him upright. The Jets probably win twelve or thirteen games. The offensive line sucks. There might be a nine or ten win team. That's that's kind of really how it, it shakes out. And I just. I worry only from the perspective of, are they going to have enough time to gel? You know, Robert Salicity wanted to name starters basically after this preseason game. I don't know how you do that. Dwayne Brown hasn't practiced. Mekhi Becton's actually finally getting up to speed. ABT's playing left guard, right guard, right tackle. Could he play left tackle? Like, there's so many question marks. I kind of just go back to the fact of, like, I want the Jets to play the best five guys. At the end of the day, play the best five. Give them two or three weeks to prepare and be ready for Buffalo. That's the end of the day, like, 
that was the biggest concern last year is it felt like every week was a different starter. Where's Elijah Vera Tucker? It's like a game of, you know, you know where's where's he going to play this week? So I kind of just, at the end of the day, yes, it's the biggest concern for this team. I truly believe if they get consistent play from the offensive line, again, just be average. They don't have to be this elite level units, the best, you know, it doesn't have to be 2009, 2010, where you have the shitty quarterback with a good run game and, you know, great defense. Be a great off, be a solid offensive line. Give Aaron Rodgers a little bit of time, get the ball out in the playmakers, you know, hands and space, and they'll be okay. So um, it's the biggest concern. But I again, I just they have the talent there. It's can they stay healthy and put it together? That's it. Really comes down to that. And unfortunately, nothing else can be proven until they get on the field. It's we can talk about it as much as we want, but you know, until Mackay Beckman's playing, you know, 60, 70 snaps a week, do we really know what he's going to be? Unfortunately, we don't. You know this, and I know this. Jets have to be a playoff team this year. No other way around it. They haven't been in the playoffs <laughs> in a decade. You go and bring in Aaron Rodgers. If they are not in the playoffs, this season is an unmitigated disaster. Well, that means 9-8 and eight and they don't go to the playoffs. Like, you go and put all your chips in this Aaron Rodgers basket. It's got to lead to January football. And some would argue you got to win a playoff game. Some would argue you got to win multiple playoff games. Bare minimum, we better be talking about the Jets playing in the postseason this year. That is an yeah. absolute must. Yeah, I think, you know, I asked you, I think, on my show, basically saying, like, you know, what's what's the borderline expectation? I feel like at this point, it's it's win a playoff game or be, be in the division round. If you look, you know, look, the Jets are, they win a wild card game, they go to Kansas City and lose 24-21 on, on division round on weekend. That. How can you? No, How of the course, hell right? You? Especially with, right, especially if Rodgers is going to be locked into, you know, year two, potentially year three, you feel okay about that. If they and if you know they host a playoff game and you know whatever, which Aaron Rodgers said it himself, he said the expectation is win the division and host the playoff game. The Jets haven't hosted a playoff game like twenty, you know what, whatever, nineteen years. They haven't been to the, as you mentioned, they haven't been to the playoffs since uh, you know two thousand ten. So, got to got to be a relevant team. They got to be a team that's in the you know in the title hunt. You got to be going into January football saying, can the Jets make a run here? Look again, I don't know. I look at it. You know, I'm not a Knicks fan. You're a Knicks fan, like. The Knicks' expectation was, like, can you get out of round one? The Jets is, like, they haven't been to the playoffs in forever. Get out of round one, right? Whether that be, you know, in the division round, wild card weekend. They have to be a playoff team, bare minimum. They're not a playoff team. I love Robert Sala more than anybody. He's gone. He's, not, no, he's gone. No, he's and, out. He's and not coaching the Douglas team not next year. Too. Goodbye. Hey, Goodbye. Man, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm as high on him as anybody. I think he's the players love him. You talk to him. All of them love him. But. You know, if they don't make the playoffs, it's three straight years and you've got this, you know, high-paid quarterback. You're paying all these different guys. There's no excuse. There's seven, like, half the AFC is going to make the playoffs. Almost half the AFC is going to make the playoffs. The Jets should have been a playoff team last year with Mike White, Zach Wilson, and Joe Flacco. Like, I'm sorry. You spent all this money on Aaron Rodgers. You extended Quinn and Williams. You're bringing all these different guys. End of the day, be a playoff team. Be relevant. And and see what happens. Get in the tournament. And, look, I, I've just, I would love nothing more to see the Jets host a home playoff game. I know MetLife looks, you know, looks like an air conditioning unit and the whole thing. We can talk about that, but you know, it'd be really cool, I think, for Jets fans to be able to see. Give them a moment. Oh, no, I totally yeah, get that. Listen, Will, the stadium stinks. We all understand that, but like, you'll be hosting a playoff game. The idea of yeah. a playoff game with the Jet colors being in the stadium, I just it'd be I cool. can't envision what that would be like. I have no idea what it would look like because they literally no, haven't done it. I was eight years old the last time it happened. They beat Peyton Manning, whatever, 41 nothing, And that was awesome. But, you know, it's cool. It's, you know, year four Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning's been retired for six years now. Like, Yeah, let that sink in for yeah, a minute. Yeah, it's pretty let disgusting. When you, Richie Anderson's 90-yard screen pass. Like, 
Richie Anderson's been out of the league for 10 years, 15 years. Like, let's uh, let's refresh some memories. I don't want to see the Patriots 2010 AFC Division Round game on my timeline every single uh, every single January. I get it. Final one. Giving you an over-under. Over-under. Two and a half AFC East playoff teams. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go over. I, I like Miami a lot. I think the biggest caveat is, you know, we mentioned the Jets. Everyone knows that the biggest caveat with the Dolphins is can Tua play, can Tua play 14? If Tua plays 14 games, I think the Dolphins are a playoff team. I just they're so explosive on offense. I like Mike McDaniel a lot. You know, Ache, the kid they drafted out of uh, out of AM is a game-breaking level player. Mostert, you know, kills the Jets and and all that stuff. I just think I'd go over because I think Buffalo gets in. I don't know who wins the division. I, I'm still up in the air a little bit on like, I think the Jets have the highest ceiling of these teams just because I think if Rodgers is MVP Rodgers, you feel so good about them. That said, I think Miami, Buffalo, and uh, and the Jets all get in. So I'm going to go over. I think three teams make it. And I think it's the best division of football. I really do. I think like any other division, as much as we might both be down on Mac Jones and the Patriots, like, I'd probably pick the Patriots. The Patriots, think about it. The Patriots win the AFC South, right? The AFC and the NFC South, you'd entertain the idea of them winning the division. NFC South, they definitely would be taking them to win the division. (laughs) AFC South, they kind of be on the fence because I'm like, I like Peterson. I like Trevor Lawrence, but it's still the Jaguars. I still need to see them go and do it again. Uh, I'm with you, dude. They are... They're still going to be a pain in the ass. Let's put it that way. They are not going to go 4-13 and and go no. quietly into the night. Not with Bill Belichick and not with the talent on that defense. They're going to they're gonna play a lot of ugly-ass football games. But, like, am I going to be surprised if they beat the Jets or the Dolphins or Buffalo? For them? No. Well, Buffalo has been a problem for them. They can't figure out Allen. If they beat the Jets or the Dolphins at Foxborough, I'm not going to be stunned. How can no, you be? It, no, you can't be. And look, you look at this. This division has got, you know, the fan bases are at each other's necks. I think this is the best. This is the most competitive the division's been since me and you were both kind of, you know, probably elementary school, middle school age, where like Brady was kind of the Bledsoe, end of the Bledsoe years, into like post Marino, where the, the Jets were good. Miami was good every year. New England was good every year. Buffalo was kind of the doormat, but like Buffalo wasn't like a pushover. So I just look at this division where you could convince me all any of the three of the four teams make the playoffs, and I wouldn't, you know, you could tell me, oh, Buffalo craters this year, and all, you no, know, New England wins nine games and squeaks in, and the Jets of Miami compete for the division title. Like, that's a very real possibility. I just, I look at this division and, you know, each, all six of those games, like anyone, maybe this is too low of a bar, but if you're Miami, Buffalo, or, or the Jets, anything over three and three in the division, you probably are making the playoffs and you're feeling really good about yourself. Four and two, you might win the division. If you, if you split, you know, win your home games and try to steal one on the road in this division, I think you're feeling fantastic. You know, look, you're the Jets. If you win week one and week three, can you win one more of the, the remaining four division games to make the playoffs? Like If you win those three of those, you probably make the playoffs and you feel pretty good about yourself. So I'm going to go over. I think, you know, whoever wins this division will be the two seed. And then you'll get probably the five and the six seed out of this division. And, you know, the, the other two will be the north. I think two north teams will make it. Um, I'm not as high in the Chargers as everybody else. I think, you know, we talk about the same old Jets. <laughs> same old Chargers feels It's uh, a lot of same feels, old Chargers. Right. There's a lot of same old Chargers, and in case you missed it, Brendan Staley is still the head coach. Will Parkinson, uh, check him out. He's got a great Jet podcast. I follow him on Twitter. He's a tremendous follow on Twitter. Will, can, where can we find all your Jet stuff? Yeah, uh, you know, 
willpa11 on Twitter, Instagram, all you know, all the socials, and then turn on the Jets podcast. Um, have I think there's four episodes that'll come out this week. Um, you know, back from the honeymoon and the wedding, so we'll be uh, we'll be rocking and rolling. Uh, a bunch of awesome guests and, and players, coaches, you know, people in the media will be on. So and check it out, and always appreciate uh, appreciate it coming on. It's, uh, I'm a avid listener of the show, so I'm excited to uh, excited to be on the other side this time. Although I probably I'll download the episode. I don't know if I like listen to myself. Now you gotta. I mean, that's when you gotta be as self serving as it gets. I appreciate it, buddy. Go run off those pounds from Italy. A lot of vino, a lot of pasta. So uh, oh hell yeah, start shredding before the wings and the beer kick in during football season. All right, big guy. I appreciate, it, man. Take care. That's Will Parkinson. We'll come back, set the stage for this week. That's coming up. So before we say goodbye, we will have a Tuesday SGP for Yanks Braves. Uh, if you think I'm picking the Yankees to win, you're certifiably insane. I will probably try to find some props that we can have some fun with on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Uh, Jeff Money, floor is yours. Monday, be careful with that Yankee Brave game. Travel for the Braves. Sunday night baseball. Travel. Be careful. All right, what do we got? What up, JJ? Jeff Money here with a handicapper picks me for Monday the 14th. I got one game in Major League Baseball. I'm going to take a home draw. I'm going to go with the Miami Marlins plus the 130 over the Houston Astros. We're going to go with the Miami Marlins plus the 130. And let's see what you have on tap on your end. Everyone can always follow all my daily plays on Twitter at Jeff Money. Okay, JJ, I'm out of here. Let's go. I'm going to make that a family play, Jeff Money, and I'm going to tell you why. Guys off of no hitters. Usually struggle. This will be start two for Framber Valdez after the no-hitter. I like that plus money with those spunky Miami Marlins. I'll ride that with you. Family play. Let's catch. We'll be back on Thursday. Start thinking about that New York top 15 list. Who's in? Who's out? Who should be number one? I have not decided yet on who's going to be number one. I know what number one and number two are going to be. We're in the lab. We'll officially start unveiling these bad boys starting on Thursday. And uh, let's hope for more pain for the Yankees. Burn, baby, burn. Burn, baby, burn. Good job by Stefan. We'll chat on Thursday. JJ out. Be good, everybody. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or... Visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9 within Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 1-800-327-327. 5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. 
When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side by side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.